Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now just 118 shopping days left until Christmas, and I think you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday movies all year round. Hi, I'm Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, here with me tonight is my good friend, Mr. Bradford. Hi. Hey, have you have you seen John? I have not. I haven't I, heard from him in days. I I bought milk this morning, and he's on the back of the carton. Oh, no. Oh, God. I think oh, we're no, going to have to cancel the podcast. News. No, no, no. We don't have to cancel the podcast. We just have to... Uh, we, we just got to bang this one out quick so that we can go look for him. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we look for him first? Oh, I mean, by the time we, by the time we found him, you know, it, I just wouldn't feel right. Yeah, he'll the, probably the be pod. fine. He'll he's turn up eventually. He's probably not dehydrated and being eaten by wolves quite yet. He no, can last another yet. hour or so. He could take out a couple of wolves with him. You know, he's he's spry. Uh, For a robot, he's spry. I... <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm, I hate, con- I hate I'm to... concerned for him. Anyway, holy crap. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, it's, it's summer here at Christmas Creeps headquarters. I've got my hat on backwards, and it's time to fucking party. That's right. S- sun's out. Christmas word that rhymes with sun's out. <laughs> Nice. Christ. That's that was, you know. Well done. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Oh, you could have said it so much better. We uh we watched a movie. We definitely watched a movie this week. Uh but first, I do feel like I have to mention uh right now uh, on uh, the Christmas Creeps social media machine, uh we have a couple of things running right now. We've got a poll going. If you want to hop over to our Twitter or our Facebook. Actually, by the time this goes up, it may be over. But you know what? Feel free to let us know in the comments or show notes what you think. Um, we put it to our listeners what they wanted to hear more from us of in you know the coming holiday season. What they wanted us to do more of in terms of episodes and content and things like that. We wanted to kind of get a good good uh, cross-section of what our listeners are interested in. And uh, I put up four options. You know, people could vote on whether they wanted to see us do more big holiday movies or uh, oddball TV specials or direct-to-video sequels of actual movies. Or the fourth option was to eat all of the holiday candy. And that was kind of just – I threw it in there as a lark. And, of course, that's what the majority of our voters gravitated towards. Don't lie. You know you put it in there for a reason. You knew that that was going to be the ringer. Oh, yeah. I mean, You just want to eat all of the holiday candy. I mean, it's no lie. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> with um, 53% of the vote, uh, our listeners want to hear us eat holiday candy on the podcast, which is oh. kind of a, a strange thing. But uh, you know what? I'm going to roll with it. It makes for real good listening. It sure does, Brad. And I just so happen to have a bag of holiday candy Whoa. right here. All right. Oh, boy. Give me the business. What are, what are we working with here? Um, for the upcoming Halloween harvest season... Uh, this is a bag of M and M's white candy corn flavored M and M's. That's oh man, it you're you not into that apparently. You, I'm so glad that uh, we are recording this remotely. <laughs> you could you not. Would... You would have to hold me down. John would have to sit on me, and you'd have to shove one of those into my mouth in order for me to eat one of those. Like, so I'm gonna. You know, I'm not a sweets person. No, I know, I know. But in extension to that, I am I cannot fathom eating a candy corn in the year of our Lord 2017 
candy corn was one of those things that you ate as a kid and you either liked it or you're like nope never again at the age of like six i think pretty much everybody's already fallen whichever way they are going to on candy corn oh yeah and the the direction that i kind of came down on candy corn was when they came out with those candy corn pumpkins it was over like game over for me like that's all i wanted all right the pumpkins were tolerable all right, so... but it was still, but it was still candy corn. <laughs> so I've got some too uh, sweet. Yeah, we actually talked about in our in our uh, our Facebook back channel. Um, everybody getting in on this and trying different holiday candies, and Brad was so vehemently against the idea that I said, "Well, we can just make Brad, you know, come Christmas time, we'll just make Brad eat an entire crate of clementines." Uh, that seems like a workable uh, compromise, I can, don't you I can, think? I can do that. Yeah, I'm just not a, not a sweets person. I'll eat some okay. candy. I'll eat some holi- I'll eat some Christmas candy come Christmas time. Okay, I well, can promise you that I will suffer for this for our art, <laughs> for our, our nasty, disgusting, disgusting art. But I do draw the line. I will not eat candy the, corn and the sweet mess. science of our art. Okay, I'm getting a little so, nauseous just thinking about it. We're forestalling the inevitable. I'm going to eat this on on the pod. So, do you want to talk I'm about video well games just... for ten minutes, or is that what we do when John's around? That's what we do when John's around. Right now, I'm going to eat some candy corn flavored M and M's. Here okay. I go. So, Brad, um, how? Yeah. Tell tell us about your day while I'm while I'm savoring this. Uh, well, I I woke up uh, and I enjoyed some breakfast and had some coffee, and I'm having some more coffee right now. I watched this movie this morning. Uh, it was well. We'll get into it. It was wasn't good. Uh, and I played a little bit of Splatoon with your brother and our friend Evan. Mm. Okay. Yep. Okay. So I've had a, a few seconds to convalesce and and mm-hmm. consider the 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 flavor of these. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> delicious M and M's here. So which is it? I, I'm dying to know. So my main question when I bought these was, were these candy corn flavored or candy corn filled? Sorry. I'm going to have that reaction every single time. (laughs) To be perfectly frank, I can't tell. It said it's white chocolate, right? Yeah, it's it's white candy corn. So I I assume it's white chocolate. Yeah. It just says white candy corn on it? It does. It says white candy corn. We'll flip that bad boy over and let's take let's take a deep dive into the ingredients. Because mm. if there's white chocolate, then it's definitely candy. It's probably just candy corn flavored. I mean, candy corn in itself, what it's like wax and sugar and flavoring, and that's like and what, old newspapers and yeah, like what and, uh, is decomposing candy- pets and yeah, there's all kinds of gross stuff in candy corn. Uh, well, yeah, the, I, I, the I number one candy- ingredient. Mm-hmm. The number one ingredient is white chocolate, so it's definitely white chocolate that's been flavored Ugh. to taste like candy corn. Candy corn always struck me as sort of the American cheese of the candy industry, where they take all of just like the scrapings and candy leavings, no matter if it's like a fruit flavored candy or you know the little gummies that they put into fruit cake or chocolate or white chocolate. They just kind of they have you know the janitor just sweep up the 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 warehouse the uh the floor the manufacturing floor at the end of the night and whatever ends up in that barrel that's your uh that's your candy corn base so yeah it, it's not unlike tater tots or particle board it's just kind of <laughs> the leftover leavens mashed yeah. into a new form yeah 
So, educate me. Oh, you're jamming on these. This is what I was going to ask. So, as a candy corn liker, is candy corn something that you, like, eat quite a bit of in one sitting? Like a small bowl? Or is it more like you have, like, a candy corn or three and then you're good for a while? Kind of like, more like a, a life well, a starburst or something. No, it's... When when I get a taste for candy corn, I have to satiate it like right then and there. Your pupils dilate, and and you've become you've you've had a taste for man blood, and by man blood I mean candy corn. Yeah, and like as soon as sated. I get the the first taste of that candy corn in the season, like my eyes glaze over like a shark, and I just I just yeah. you know nosh down on on a big bowl of candy corn, and once I'm done, yes. I'm good for the year. Like one sitting of candy corn is good; it will will hold me for an entire year. So, is this sating your desire for candy corn? Is Honestly, this, it kind of is. It is kind this, of is. Hmm. Popably delicious as candy corn. I did mm-hmm. air quotes for those playing at home. And also, this is this is pulling double duty here. This is kind of f- fulfilling my uh, desire for M and M's too. So once I get done with this bag, which I probably will finish on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, that's all the M and M's I'm probably going to have for the year until I'm, mm, I'm, I'm gonna... not going to make that promise because Christmas is rolling around, and you know what I can get down, get down on are some peppermint M and M's. Huh? Can't say that I've ever had those, but those sound good. I do like peppermint. Can you run a diagnostic test for me right now? Okay. I am curious as to whether these candy corn M&Ms melt in your mouth and possibly not in your hand. Well, you know, honestly, the gross the, the grossest thing about these is that mm-hmm. you pick them out of the bag and they are a little like sticky, greasy and sticky. And it's like they're already melting. That's maybe it's actually, the it's most honestly not a good thing I've ever heard. The, actually, no. <laughs> Hold that thought. Here's the most disgusting thing. What I need you to do is I need you to pop two or three of these bad boys in your mouth. This is the way that I usually eat M&M's. Is I usually just let them sit in my mouth and get all, like, melty and then crush them with my tongue to the roof. Oh, I'm sure our listeners are loving this right now. Oh, yeah. Like, you, uh, the, Cr- the, the, the food enthusiasts are loving the shit out of this. Everybody else is 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 I running for go, the hills. I wouldn't even go that far. But I, I let them get all melty but stay inside their shells, and then I crush the shells on the roof of my mouth with my tongue. Can you do, can you do that for me right now? Uh, I'll do that, yeah. This is, like, somebody's, somebody's ASMR is loving this. Somebody's about, somebody is about to finish, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when I say the the next diagnostic test that I want you to run. We'll take a beat. Okay. uh, Let those simmer for a second, and you tell me how that that works. Are they going to melt? I mean, it sounds like they're already melting as you're looking at them. Well, you know, here's the thing about these M&Ms is that they're roughly the size of, like, peanut M&Ms. They're pretty big for M&Ms. Oh. Not, so it might take an extra minute or two. That's not. I'm not icked out by peanut M&Ms. I'm icked out by the fact that there's even more candy corn content to explore inside of these little shells. Don't talk. Mm. Don't talk. Until they're melted. I need to know. Or not melted, alternatively. Hmm. Somebody call Mashable because we have a winner. Oh, did you do the thing where you let it melt? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh huh. And yeah, then you they, mashed yeah, it up. You mushed them up. Yeah. And it melted just like a normal M M&M? and M. Pretty much. It's just a little bit more of it. 
you know, I more think, M&M content. I think that conclusively decides that, because candy corn doesn't really melt in your mouth. You have to chew it, right? Yeah, you have to chew it like a, I don't have an analogy for it. You have like to chew it. Like a gummy it. bear. Yeah, yeah. Or sure. like a shitty waxy piece of piece of shit that you get around Halloween time that you get and then you just throw it out because it's candy corn and it's disgusting. Like yes. that. Like those. Yeah, well just like this. Um now and... here's the here's the next diagnostic test. I need you to okay. take the rest of that bag and empty it into your mouth. And then uh just leave that closed and let it trickle down your throat for the rest of the podcast. And don't you can't swallow. You can't chew. You just gotta let it simmer. Just gotta like beer bong an entire bag of candy corn M and M's. Yeah, Brad's alter- gonna kill me on the pod tonight. Alternatively, take all the rest of that bag of candy corn M and M's and dump it straight into the garbage. That might be a better use of my time. <laughs> uh, so let's. The last thing I'll say about these is mm-hmm. that. You know, I mentioned earlier that they're a little bit, like, greasy and sticky. Yeah. So, I mean, the mouth feel of these things is fine. The hand feel, though, is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I, I'm going to have one more. Yeah. And that's going to be it. How would you... We need to... I don't think we need a whole X... Actually, we could come up with an XY axis for no, candy. No, I crank, refuse. Candy crankometer? No? No. No. All right. No, no, no. All right. Uh, the, last, the last word on this bag of... Candy corn M&M's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn. Um, is that the bag features the orange M&M sheepishly looking out from a stalk of corn. Terrifying look on his face. Like, he doesn't want you to eat these. It's Halloween. It's supposed to be scary. Well, wasn't the orange M&M's entire thing that he, he didn't want to get eaten? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's super paranoid and hides. It's kind of weird. It's it's extremely the, weird. Well, to be the, honest. the thing that that the thing that weirds me out is that the other M and M's are not concerned at all about being eaten. In fact, some of them want to be eaten. And if you're the green M M&M, and M, you also want to engage in coitus before being eaten. Oh God, Brad! Why did you have to bring that up? Jesus okay, H. We, we won't bring up we won't bring up the weird sexualized candy lady. Uh, instead, we'll we'll just stick with good old red and yellow. They don't seem to care. Yeah, red and yellow don't seem to mind too much. They're kind of like the barbecue pigs, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Pretty sunglasses much every- and in a little yeah. suit and <laughs> yeah. marching, marching right into that barbecue oven. Oh God, yeah. I pretty much every you you we've grown up around there. Pretty much every single barbecue joint features a barbecue pig with some some manner of cooking gear. Maybe he has a toque, maybe he has a pair of tongs or a pair of sunglasses. But he's a uh, He's ready to serve up the rest of his family to you and yours. You you and your family. Oh, yeah. And I, I think I actually recall there being like a blog that uh, out there that catalogs all the different types of uh, cartoon pigs on barbecue signs. I, I want to say it was called like Suicide Pigs or something. <laughs> I got to go look this up. As a companion up. piece to Suicide Girls? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Oh man. Don't look up suicide pigs. Don't directly enter suicidepigs.com and if you do, open it in an incognito tab and turn on your VPN. Thank I'll you. T- I'll the- do you I'll do you one better. I will look fi- I will find this for you. I'll put it in the show notes. So there you, you can, go. That you can trust good. that that we've mm-hmm. done the, the work for you. 
You should probably also put those M&Ms on an Amazon associate link so we can start getting paid. Actually make some money from this podcast. <laughs> Us make money? What are you, crazy? Us make two cents for every single bag of candy corn M&Ms sold, which is going to be a grand whopping total of zero or maybe one if Joe ends up buying it from the associate link himself. I don't think they work that way. So there, <laughs> there's know. that running against us anyway we've spent about 10 or 10 minutes or so talking about disgusting candy on the podcast so hopefully all you people who voted in that poll uh are are satisfied i hope you're i hope you're proud of yourselves i hope you fuckers are happy (laughs) we will continue to do this if i see any really bad candy and it's got to be really bad for me to to go out of my way to get it i will i will definitely do so and i will i will eat it on this you know what? I'm going to expand that and say bad or new. Yeah. Like no. if it's a new type of holiday candy you haven't seen before, hey, bring it our way. Yeah. Send us a picture or whatever and let us know Absolutely. about it and we will seek it out. Uh, don't send us stuff. Don't send us any classic stuff. We're not going to eat Cadbury eggs on, on this podcast because we that's played. Yeah. Uh, Oddly enough, yeah. uh, the, the, the M&Ms that I just ate. Mm-hmm. Didn't find those in a grocery store. I found them. I found it in like a specialty rack at Walgreens. Not surprising at all. In fact, when I figured, I pictured you finding this. I found, I pictured you in like a pharmacy finding this. Yeah, yeah. no self-respecting grocery store would sell. Uh, you know, they they typically deal in what is is known as food, and I don't think this <laughs> can be categorized as that. Yeah, I mean this is this was next to like the the rack for you know the the blood sugar counters and uh, <laughs> diabetes medication. So it's like they 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 know what they're doing. They're trying to get they're trying to get you coming and going basically. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so at the corner of happy and healthy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. So the second place in this poll that we gave mm-hmm. uh, was people wanted to see, wanted us to do more big holiday movies because I guess we haven't uh, covered any of the hits lately. Miracle uh, on Thirty Fourth Street, Elf. Yeah, um, or um, Home Alone One, for example. You guys did Home <laughs> um, Alone Two, though, right? We've done two, yeah, yeah. and we've done five. But uh, tonight we decided it was it would be a fun thing to do to go, dive back into the the world of John Hughes and talk about Home Alone three, mm-hmm. which was a movie I had never seen before before tonight. Mm-hmm. And boy, I gotta tell you, I'm kind of glad I had seen it before. I chronicled this history in our our chat. I yes, yes. I went to see Home Alone three at the Dollar Theater with my friends. Okay. And my friend's parents, because it was a big family or whatever. I went to go see it at a dollar theater, and I remember, I think this might be, what was this, 98? So I was 10. 97. Oh, okay. Um, This is the first movie that I can explicitly remember walking out of the theater being disappointed. Hmm. Like, you know, I had seen bad movies before, but... With the Home Alone name, I had come to expect something. I loved 2, I loved 1 as a kid, and I was like, oh, we're going to go see Home Alone 3. I'm going to see Macaulay Culkin, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister, come up to his up to his japes again. And what I was treated with was a different boy who basically murders people. I mean, I know, Kev- yeah. Yeah, I, know, I know Kevin did that, but 
basically there the lack of kevin was was very disappointing and to add on to that it was a bad movie okay so let me let me give you my history with home alone 3 which i re- I, re- I just said i don't have one but i do have a specific memory of when this movie came out okay so when i was in 5th grade they used to do this thing where they would have um, – they would bring magazines in for kids to read to kind of get, get kids into reading about news and stuff mm-hmm. at, an, at an early age. And it was like Time Magazine for Kids. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. 12-page little, you know, whatever. I and I specifically, I specifically remember reading an article in there about the, the casting search for the kid who was going to replace Macaulay Culkin in Home yeah. Alone 3. yeah. And and that was like when I first heard that they were making a third Home Alone, and I was kind of excited. And then re- realizing, like, oh, they're not using the same kid, and it's going to be a different kid, and it's going to be a different set of characters. Yes. Oh, I don't think I care anymore. And then I never saw the movie. <sighs> you made the right decision. Of course, so, I didn't have a say in the, seeing this film. Well, that, I mean, it happens when you when you're a kid and you're with a group of kids. You know, it's yeah. sort of de- just kind of democracy rules. Yep. Yeah. Um. Because at this point, McCulkin was like, he was dating like a 45-year-old woman and shaving now and had all <laughs> okay. the money in the world, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he was deep into, like, fighting his parents over how much, over his, like, Home Alone money. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I guess we, we can talk about this now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I was reading up on this after the movie, and apparently there were a number of different possible routes considered for making Home Alone 3. Go on. Such as or the the original original plan was to film Home Alone's two and three back to back, just while McCulkin's still in it. Yeah, just get him while he's still young. Get him yeah. young. Wait, you just no. get <laughs> get him while they're young, and you know, go ahead and produce two and three. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think what held them back was that they never could figure out what they wanted three to be. So they came up with a number <laughs> Boy, of different does contingencies. It show. <laughs> yeah. Go so on. the first idea was uh, to make Home Alone 3 all about Kevin's cousin Fuller, mm-hmm. uh, played by his real-life brother, uh, Kieran Culkin, yeah, who would once again do battle with Harry and Marv. Okay. Um, so, and when none of them wanted the to do that, yeah. the idea was then to scrap 3 as they were filming 2, do it later, bring teenage Kevin back into the mix, and have him fight a new set of criminals. Right. But as we kind of mentioned, Macaulay Culkin was not interested in that. Didn't want to, re- you know, re- do repeats of of Kevin McAllister and all that. So I mean, when you have all of the money in the world and you're dating a fifty five year old celebrity uh, supermodel, wow, she aged ten min- ten years in like two minutes. That's the joke. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, who wants to do Home Alone? So. Here's my question to okay. you, because you know celebrities better than I do. It's my curse, And yes. also, you probably have IMDb slash Wikipedia at your disposal. It's my curse, yes. What else has Macaulay Culkin done since the Home Alone series? Let's have us a look-see. What's McCulkin been up to? Well, let's see here. McCulkin has been up to... After Home Alone 2, he did The Good Son with Elijah Wood. That's a that's a wild movie. Mm. Um he was in he it appears he was in a an adaptation of The Nutcracker. Oh boy, 
Uh, we should get that get on that because that's <laughs> that's Christmas creeps as hell. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Getting even with Dad, the Page Master, Richie Rich. He oh was in Richie yeah. Rich. Okay, I forgot about that. But he's still he's still the young McCulkin at this. point. Yeah. This is this is him like cashing in basically. I I want to know what McCulkin's up to in in our post nine eleven world. Okay, so he's been in some you know a bunch of sort of indie movies like Party Monster, Saved. Sex and Breakfast. Mm, this can't all say sounds that I've great. Heard of any of these? He's a, he's done voices. He's played Kevin McAllister on certain episodes of Robot Chicken, okay. which I guess okay. All right. He's been on a couple of TV shows, but for the most part, he's kind of uh, I fig- stayed I, off the radar and done his own thing. I think that's a respectable enough road for a, chi- a, a former child actor. Yeah, he, he could have done a lot worse. I was gonna drag him, but. Because I thought he was going to be in a bunch of really bad B-movies, but hey. The last thing I've heard about him was that he's, or he he is or was in a Velvet Underground tribute band that only plays songs about pizza. I'm down. I'm okay with this. <laughs> because once again, when you have all the money in the known universe, mm-hmm. why not? When you have McCulkin money, you do what you want. You do you. You do when you have McCulkin money. McCulkin gonna McCulkin. <laughs> yes. Well, that's cool. So there's that. Yeah. Um. And, and I so... and I have to imagine if he was given the script to this movie, even if he was still quite young, I can see why he wouldn't want to be a part of this production. Yeah, because this production is uh, bad, subpar, even for John Hughes, who wrote the the entire screenplay. He wrote this movie. Like this is all because of. Uh, all because of him. It's his mm-hmm. fault. And so the, the I guess the fourth avenue that they could have taken with three, which they wound up doing, was new everybody, new everything. It's a reboot Just before reboots were cool. Yes, completely dissociate itself with the original cast of characters and just start fresh and slap a big old three uh, right on that poster. I was so disappointed. Ten-year-old me had never been more disappointed. Let Tarnish- me tell you, Brad, 31-year-old me last night was also disappointed. <laughs> Oh, the last thing, the, the last like setup to talk about this movie before we before we get it again. Okay, this was the debut feature film from director uh, Raja Gosnell, whose name you might not recognize. However, he is the director of both Smurfs and Smurfs Two. Hell yeah, our favorite <laughs> films. Which, if you don't, should we should we chronicle this little blood pack that we have going? Uh, I'll 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 skim the surface real quick. Basically, I was uh, paid to write a review of Smurfs two, and well, I... and Smurfs one. Didn't you have, didn't you write a oh, review yeah, for yeah, Smurfs? Yeah, and one. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's I, where I it, that's where it started. It started I was, in I was, Vegas. It, it, I was paid places. to write a review of the Smurfs, and it just happens that Brad and I were in Las Vegas when it came out, and said, "Well, let's just get ripped and and watch it and see what happens." <laughs> and that was a hell of an evening. Sure was. And so then, uh, what, three years pass, and then Smurfs 2 comes out, and you know what? Our blood pact is renewed, and uh, I was once again paid to write about Smurfs 2, <laughs> and I insisted that Brad join me. And uh, now the rest is history. Anytime that they release a, a Smurfs film with the caveat of having live action segments or live action, you know, live actors, yes. like a clarion call... Like a salmon returning home to spawn every few years, I must travel to Joe's physical location, and we go see this film together. Yes. 
It is and required. So, if Smurfs, I'm living in China someday, I will have to book an international flight to return home to watch <laughs> to watch a live action Smurfs movie with Joseph Wade. When I'm 45 years old and they've and they've come back around and brought Neil Patrick Harris back into the fold for Smurfs <laughs> Five, Brad will be there. I will be packing, on. and my 10 year old child will ask me, "Dad, where are you going?" And I'll have to explain to them. Well, sweetie, every once in a while in a man's life, a Smurf movie is released where they use live actors instead of cartoon animation. And when that time comes, Daddy has to go away for a while. I'll be back, hopefully. Well, you see, son, a man has to have a code. (laughs) (laughs) Someday you'll have one, too. Yes. It'll be very special oh, to you. God. And it's hard to describe and you won't understand. I just ask for your understanding. I'll be back in two days. <laughs> Take care of mom for me. Take care of mom for me if I don't make it. And hopefully uh, no no Chinese criminals try to break into your house while mom's not home. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bringing us back around. Thank you. Um, yes, yes. So are those the only three films that this person has directed? Or, I mean, I'm no, sure they've done other stuff. but Yeah, he's been a little bit more prolific than that. He has directed uh, a number of things. He's done both. He did both live-action Scooby-Doo films. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's also a very prolific like film editor. Where he, he, he's the editor of Home Alone and Home Alone 2. That's how he got the gig for three. Uh, I see. Yeah, so this, is, you know, this guy has, has a respectable, quote-unquote, uh, body of work. But, uh, yeah, so he went from Home Alone 3 all the way up to Smurfs 2, so take that for take Me- that how you will. Meteoric rise. All right. Mediocre rise. Um, <clears throat> sorry. No, anyway, it's fine. So Home Alone 3 opens with everybody's favorite uh, theme song. It's, it's the John Williams tune that you know and, well, you know and love from Home Alone. But it's, it's only just a little snippet of it, and once it's gone, we don't hear john williams at all in the entire rest of the film no. which is very off-putting mm-hmm. very very off-putting indeed uh so basically nobody involved with the f- first two films came back except for you know the writer and director <laughs> um but it starts mm-hmm. out it starts out improbably enough in hong kong where a group of international terrorists criminal get people are Negotiating with what we what we soon learned to be North Korean uh, sympathizers for the theft of a a secret Air Force microchip. Topical. Yes, that, weirdly prescient. To be perfectly honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, this chip allows a missile to basically go undetected on radar. Yes. Yeah, which. Yeah. Someone points out if that thing goes into a missile, air defenses cannot stop it. Yes. Again, topical. Again, um, very topical. So they to get the the uh, microchip through airport security, they hide the chip inside a toy car. Yes, which, this is in the U.S. now. Yes, they make it through the U.S. security. Security doesn't they, you know they they uh, X-ray scan it doesn't show up because it's a toy car full of little uh, other you know micro components and whatnot. So they don't yes. even notice. And also, but this also, is pre pre. Big TSA. This is pre pre nine eleven, so it's like one uh, one yes. scanner, and you can just walk into the concourse. Yep. But some old lady picks up their bag because they have it in just sort of a generic sort of Parisian shopping bag. Mm-hmm. Or coming back from Paris, like I or, or, or Hong Kong, I guess. And uh, no, she I picks think, up. 
they're in the San Fran airport because they they get it from a defense contractor in Silicon Valley, and then they're fly, they're supposed to fly back to Hong Kong with the chip. Yes, but, yes. But but this lady is on their flight, and she has a, a very her bag is ex- exactly the same as their bag. She grabs the bag, makes off with it. Uh, she's going to Chicago. She's going to Chicago, not realizing that she has secret, you know, government technology in her bag. Uh, and they track her down to Chicago, uh, find the neighborhood that she lives on. Yes. And they proceed to first buy a ha- or rent a house in this neighborhood mm-hmm. and set up shop and then case the entire neighborhood trying to find who has this uh, toy car and how to get it back. Yes. So we we we've set up the premise that there there are criminals in the neighborhood going uh, house to house and stealing and not not even stealing things, just breaking into houses looking for this toy car and the microchip. Yes. Meanwhile, uh, go on. What? No, no. You, I, I know you want to break in. Go it's ahead. It's just this is like half the movie is just setting up the ground rules of this, and it's so tiring because it's yeah, like. It's, it's it's such a convoluted way. Like home Home Alone one and two are are very simple premises of like how Kevin is home alone and gets separated. But in Home Alone three, like Alex, the main kid, gets chicken pox for starters, yeah. and then like both of his parents are away on business. Is his, his? It's not Christmas. I must mention this. Yeah, this movie takes place it, after they say Christmas, it's January eighth. And like so the whole really, like following we, week after, where so Chris, like it's it's snowing and there's the, all the Christmas decorations are still up because it's that post Christmas malaise where everyone doesn't want to take down their Christmas shit yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the oh. first the first established like they play Christmas music and there's like Christmas decorations in the airport. Yeah, yeah. Just to get that establishment where it's like, oh, it's Home Alone. It has to be at Christmas. Here's your Christmas. And then they rip it all away because they're talking to some taxi driver and he's like, Christmas tree at the end of the driveway. And that, like, all this, uh, and then it's like, it's this movie doesn't play take place during Christmas, so we really shouldn't be watching it. But we did, so we're doing it. Deal yeah. with it. So um, one of, one of the first notes that I took when I was watching this movie was that I I noted to myself how how hard they were trying to to sell this as like Die Hard Junior. Yes, because like these criminals are like straight up like Hans Gruber thugs. You know, one, two, three, and four. Oh no, they all have like generic. You know. Uh, German and or Eastern European accents, except for um, Alice, I think she's yeah, American. I think, but so, other yeah. than but, but other than that, they just have the, the most generic like Euro trash kind of villain look to them. Yes, you know, yeah. And um, and the way the way they shoot the airports, it kind of looks like that scene from Die Hard where John McClane gets off the airplane. Yeah, and they're 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 doing this whole like production to make it seem like oh it's 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 one kid alone versus a whole bunch of thugs and yeah. it's like even more like it's it's a joke now that that home alone is kind of die hard for kids but this movie really leans into it in like all the world all the wrong ways absolutely can i i just want to loop back to like all yeah. of these hoops that we have to jump through so like there's this elaborate setup as to why it's so, like, low-rent, too, like, the Home Alone scenario. Because, you know, Kevin was, was Home Alone for multiple days or whatever. But, yeah. like, every single scene where Alex is home, like, his parents are going to be back in, like, five hours. Like, right. Like, it's, it's the worst. Um, like, like, Dad is actually away on a business trip. Mom, on the other hand... Is just downtown. Works, yeah. yeah, she works downtown. 
And so she's always she's constantly leaving home for just an hour, just an hour. But yeah. it kind of makes me wonder, like, how, where she lives. They live in the suburbs. So she's yeah. traveling into downtown Chicago. What the hell is she doing for just an hour? I mean, it's got to be just 30 minutes driving and 30 minutes back, right? Selling street drugs. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Um, But, man, like, they have to do the caveat so hard. Like, in the opening scene, when we're in Hong Kong, uh, he's like, they're meeting up with, you know, uh, a supposedly the the north korean contact and he's like i don't want the plan just the chip itself and it's it's like that it it already tries to circumvent this loophole where it's like why do they want the chip so bad why don't they just steal the plans and manufacture it itself it comes later as the big reveal that it's north korea and that actually makes a little bit more sense that they might not be able to manufacture it right but but they kind of they kind of sit on that information for a long they sit on it until the third act and it, there's a very there, the the North Korean contact has a quote which kind of sums up the whole entire process of setting up all of these these plugging plugging the the gaps in the the leaky dam that is this plot. He says, "I don't ask questions." Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, and then like, what else do we have? Like, part of their part of um, Alex's parents' house is uh, under renovation. So yeah, we get we like, seen that before. Uh, so we get sort of the Home Alone two flavor there, where you know you have like yeah, construction area, and he can do some unmitigated damage. Uh, what else, man? Chicken pox. That that kind of covers it. But man, like it. Okay, so I guess the last little machination is that while uh, the old lady, Mrs. Hess, was yes. away in San Francisco, Alex was supposed to shovel her sn- her driveway. Yeah. And she comes home, and he hasn't done it yet, so he's over at her house when we first meet him, and he's shoveling her driveway on January 8th. And she refuses to pay him, but then kind of thinks better of it and says, well, okay, here, I'll give you this toy car that some Yahoo accidentally, you know, swapped out, swapped and, uh, out with me. Yeah. And so now Alex has the toy car with the microchip in it. And now we're all we're finally all set up. Oh, the other the other hoop that we can uh, that we kind of have to jump through, which we can get to in the plot summary, is that Alex can't call the cops anymore. Well, no, no, he he, we'll, he I guess we'll get there. He does yeah, call yeah, the yeah. cops, but in the final the final scene, like he's he's hesitant to call the cops. Like he can't. He'll get in trouble or whatever. Yeah, even though he should. Mm-hmm. And so, and the, also, also this movie, like it tries so hard to like jump through all of the home alone hoops that it can to to make it seem like a home alone movie like mom has the very like bright red hair like Catherine o'hara did in the first two films and his two siblings um one of whom is like a very young scarlett johansson like out of nowhere what are you doing here that blew my mind scarlett johansson what are you doing here his two siblings are just like huge pieces of shit to him just because they're older siblings and like, all right, so we've got a boy buzz and a girl buzz. That's great. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> also he has to have, you know, a pet that the criminals can freak out when they see the pet. And we'll get there. It's a little mouse named Doris for some reason. What child names a mouse Doris? I don't know. <laughs> maybe he, maybe Alex is just a really big Doris Day fan. You don't know. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. But so we've we've got all the little all of the little elements are in place to make this seem like a Home Alone movie, and then they just have to like, I guess, and then they set it all up, and then they start knocking it all down one by one. But it's just, <sighs> it's tiring. It's very tiring. I'm so I'm so tired. Okay, so the, 
Okay, so yeah, the reason Alex is home is because he discovers he has the chicken pox, mm-hmm. and <laughs> God, and oh, which which gives him an excuse to scream into a bathroom mirror like Kevin does because but he oh doesn't my put God. his hands up to his face. He puts his hands on his butt because there's chicken pox on I his have butt. To, I have to do it for him, not okay. put his hands on his butt. I had to put my <laughs> hands on my face for the Kevin McAllister shot, the scream shot. Like, they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even give that to me. Yeah, I know. I remember well, being disappointed in the theater when I was watching it as a child that he didn't put his hands on his face. It's a really weird balancing act the film tries to do where it tries to be... It tries to do all of the Home Alone things, but it tries to also not do them exactly. It's really weird. Like, I if you're going to lean feel- into it, just do it. Just do it over again. You know? Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling too. It's like if you're gonna, if you're just gonna do a reboot, really do a reboot and do it almost like I understand it was the '90s and they're like we have to reinvent. It's like just because it was what? When did the original Home Alone come out? Uh, 1990, I think. So eight years is not a very big gap to do like a a one to one reboot, but right. I mean it, it would have been a better because I think it's just that Home Alone the original is is a strong film. It is. I mean that if if this had aped it one for one, it would have been a better film, mm-hmm. even with a different cast and even you know they could do like some gender swapping where like you know Buzz is you know Buzz is his older sister or something, but seriously. But but at the same time, like, I get why they kind of tried to move away from that, because Home Alone 2 was already, like, a pretty much one-for-one remake yeah. of the first film. But did you like Home Alone or Home Alone 2 better? I always kind of liked them both the same. Like, I, 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 looking at them now, I definitely see that one is the stronger film. But, yeah. you know, it just from pure nostalgia factor, I really enjoy Home Alone 2. Yeah, I think 2, two was my favorite when I was little, so it ends up being... Edging it out. I think I had seen two more times than one as well. Yeah. Two definitely holds up, but yeah. uh, I think the first one is, is uh, I don't want to say unquestionably, un, uh, you know, a good film, but it's it's very solid. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, uh, people of our generation tend to agree that Home Alone is pretty good. I feel confident in saying that. I think it's aged pretty well. It, ha- what, it actually it really is. has. Yeah. For what it is, I think it aged well and... I mean, it's like, it's a great kids movie. I, I'm not going to say it's a piece of, you know, I'm not going to say it's 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 a grand sta- artistic statement, but it's a Home great... Alone's, it's not the great American movie is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's a solid movie. It's a solid kids flick. It's called Solid Christmas yeah. Movie, too. Yeah, yeah. And it ha- yeah. it just has that, that quality kind of look to it, you know? It, 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 it has that mark of... Um, sort of, I guess, professional Hollywood filmmaking that it, this Home Alone there, 3 certainly does not. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Home Alone is definitely... I mean, it feels so, like, direct-to-video. 3, you mean? Yeah, 3. Yeah. Home Alone 3 feels so direct-to-video when compared to 1 and 2. Yeah, where, where, whereas the first one felt like a pretty solid comedy... Yeah, you know, like a professional comedy. This is Home Alone three is is one hundred percent kids movie. You oh, know, it's not funny. Way. I only laughed once in the entire film. And that, no, but you that, know what I'm saying. Like, it's clear they geared this one much more. Uh, for oh no, children. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like rock and roll hamster like kind of shit where it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And then and then speaking, but we'll get, speaking we'll get of in. oh, speaking of rock and roll hamster, <laughs> yeah. His brother's uh, Alex's brother's parrot. Yes, uh, has. 
uh, an inordinate amount of speaking lines in this movie. Probably more speaking lines than Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> to be, no, yeah, no, to be definitely, frank, yes. definitely more speaking lines than Scarlett Johansson. Now that I think about it, uh-huh, a parrot yeah. should get second billing for how much it speaks. Um, should we just get into the plot more? I guess. All right. So yeah. So basically, Alex is home alone, and he's you know d- during his day, he's just kind of looking out the the window with his his telescope and he's just kind of you know scoping out the neighborhood hanging out yeah hanging out and and having a good time and you know cracking open some brute no um <laughs> he's <laughs> getting to do his dad's liquor cabinet yeah um having a little bit of grandpa's uh you know old, you know old granddad and yes. no he's well he you know he's scoping out the neighborhoods you know looking at you know the neighbors houses and whatnot and he starts to see some strange stuff and he notices you know that um one of his neighbor's dogs is, is has gone missing. Yeah, and uh, this new lady shows up who's you know jogging up and down the street with a dog that looks very much like that dog. And that is, yeah, his friend's dog that apparently supposedly had, got kidnapped or whatever. Yeah, so she's like running up and down the street with it, and he notices that, and he also notices an old man that he's never seen before walking up and down the street, mm-hmm. and also, oh my god, he sees a criminal in somebody's house just snooping around and that's when he calls the police yes and being professional criminals of you know or almost like mercenary level international espionage type criminals they get in and out without triggering the alarm and leave before the cops arrive and they didn't steal anything because they're looking for the microchip and so the cops think it's a false alarm and so uh i keep wanting to call him kevin alex gets a lecture Alex gets a lecture from uh, Officer Janitor, uh, who shows up for like one scene. No, Neil Flynn is, is it plays one of the police officers, and I, I couldn't. I had to write it down. Like his, this is Officer Janitor, yeah. um, but he lectures Alex about you know nine one one is not a toy, and you know we yeah. take our jobs very seriously and all that. So he gets his one warning, but then it happens again the next day, the next house over, and Alex realizes that these guys are are looking for something. And he he pages his parents that it's an emergency, and his I guess it's implied that his parents end up calling the police. No, he he pages them after he calls the police. Oh, okay. I to okay. let them know that he's like he's dialed nine one one, and yeah. you better be prepared. Right. And there's there's a bigger response, and it seems like they're you know they're closer to being caught. But the the main guy, the the main dude, the main villain, the main let me crook, write, let me. Yeah, the main crook. Uh, just so we, just so we're not calling them, you know, their ridiculous weirdo names. Uh, the main crook is, is Peter. Okay. And there's Alice, and then there's the two, the two like thugs. There's Unger, and then Jernigan. the comedic, the comedic relief thugs. Yes. Yes. Um, he ends up like hide doing the the thing where you like hide above somebody where you like jump up into the the banister yeah like hiding in the rafters hiding in the rafters above a cop and then they end up saying oh there's nothing here now uh, the police chief comes to alex's yes. house and gives him the business and and yell and not yells at him but you know gives no, him a, gives him a pretty to. reasonable piece of advice he's just like yeah we want you to call us when there's a real emergency but and then Don't. mom you know mom is you know so, yeah, tells alex to apologize and alex says like oh i'm sorry for being a good citizen and he He's such off. a little. He's such a little shit. I hate. He's him. a little piece of shit. <laughs> um. Oh, all right. So the next day comes, and Alex realizes that they're 
casing all of the different houses, but they haven't stolen anything, so they must be looking after something important. Uh, And I believe at this point he ends up uh, deciding to do something for himself, but he hasn't figured out what they're looking for yet. So he takes his new remote control car and straps a video camera to it. Yeah, he rigs up a little like home security, like a TV closed circuit system by... Uh, plugging a TV antenna into a TV, well, duh, a TV antenna into a TV that's also plugged yes. into his, his his video camera. Yes, um, and so has made himself uh, sort of an AirSats home security drone. drone. Yeah, um, which has an impressive range until it actually is needs to have poor range <laughs> due to the plot. So he drives it into his neighbor's home while the wet band I mean the dry <laughs> dry bandits are there looking for the, the Euro chip. bandits. The Euro bandits. Um and they see the car and they, they give chase. And this leads us to the first real moment where it's like this is oh yeah, this is this is written for kids. This is like a kid fantasy. Because Alex proceeds to do so many sweet tricks and flips and stuff with the remote control car that I almost I like I was tempted to look up whether or not this car was for sale during the time and whether this was basically it played like an extended ad for the toy car. For like Tyco RC, you know Yeah. I'm yeah. No control cars. It's it's ridiculous. And also, they're you know as as the crooks are 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 falling all over themselves to chase this car and they're smashing into each other. You get all these like cartoon sound effects. That oh yeah, this is where it starts. It. The bonks, the boinks, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and this is where it goes, you know, some, one of them hits the other one with his car and he gets full cartoon. Boy, um. So yeah, I was really surprised that there wasn't like more branding going on during that time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, on the other hand, like this, I guess I was jaded by the time I was 10, but like what little kid hasn't fantasized about doing cool stuff like that with like an RC car, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like movies in the nineties were real perpetrators of, oh, by the way, uh, the Tyco RC mutator is, is absolutely oh. a real toy car and it is for sale. Okay. <laughs> Like and, on it, it's still a. Ava- they're still making them, or is it on eBay? Well, I mean eBay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. In three amazing colors, like teal and purple, <laughs> and and Home Alone three brand red. Yeah, we got we got the the teal one at the end. Spoiler alert, yeah. as well. Um, but, I, but no, I firmly yeah. believe that like like TV and movies in the nineties were the sole perpetrators of the this myth that RC cars were fun to play with. Yeah, and, and also indestructible. Because yeah, no you, kidding. Like you, you watch these movies and shit, and they do all this crazy shit with these RC cars. They're jumping them off ramps, and crashing them into stuff, and they still work. Driving I jumped them up my a RC lady? car. Yeah, I dro- I jumped an RC car off a ramp when I was a kid, and it broke immediately. Yeah, no, like they were they were pieces of shit. Um, RC cars were a miserable experience in the '90s, and the battery would last for about two minutes. And this the wild ch- thing was that they were every fucking where. Like I everybody know. sold them. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was the generic gift that you would get, like when your uncle came. Yeah, where it's like, yeah. oh, he's a boy. Uh, we'll just we'll just get him an RC car. So like every household had like two three. two or three broken. Well, you had a brother, so it was probably a higher ratio. Yeah, but man. two or three broken ass RC cars that like kind of half worked, and you know the charger was sitting in the garage. <laughs> Nobody really used them because it was a very you know. 
They weren't good. They were, and the they, controller, it, it, the controller, you would always wind up playing with, like make yeah. believe that you were that you were controlling something that was actually cool. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you had the floppy wire coming out of the top, and yeah, half the was, time the controller crunch. would break as well. Like the sticks would snap off, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, the RC car was definitely like the 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 other toy that you would get for Christmas, the one you never actually asked for. Yeah, um, and I mean, this is this is first world dot. MP3, I know, but I know we're we're being but, such pieces of shit right now. But like the RC car was such like a failed prop, like it on its concept, it's such a cool toy, but it never ended up being any fun or any good, or like it never it never capitalized on it never land it never stuck the landing. Like it was always a very subpar experience and. Kevin apparently owns a fantasy RC car that can last for more than two minutes and drive up snowy ramps and, you know, can go more than half a mile an hour with a heavy camcorder strapped to it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. I hate it. Man. Uh, uh, so this happens for a while. <laughs> and my other question it's is like a 15 minute sequence. Yeah, and my other question is, how does nobody else in the neighborhood notice that any of this shit is going on? Because they're all adults. They don't get it. I guess. They're, or, never or they're all around, except for old Ms. Hess, who doesn't believe anything. That's right. She doesn't give a shit. Um, so they they capture the car at one point, uh, and they take the tape out. But yeah. then Kevin manages... Or Kevin. Alex. <laughs> Alex manages to escape with the car after some con- car tune antics basically and he gets and his car back and they're still chasing he, it that's when yeah. he discovers the art the, the chip inside yes he, he realizes that they've taken the tape but why are they still chasing it and that's when he he rips it open presumably to take the battery out or maybe he's uh, maybe he's smarter than i'm giving him credit for and lo and behold inside is a an air force chip and Kevin ends up calling an Air Force recruiter, giving him the number of the chip. And the recruiter's like, what the hell do I do with this? But um, he, he takes down the number and it presumably ends up contacting headquarters about it. And then they contact the CIA and that sets in motion. Well, the CIA needs to go to Chicago. I, I just want to back up for a minute and <clears throat> reiterate that plot point you just said. Yes. Alex calls the Air Force. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, I think it's... Recruiting office, but still, he just straight up calls the Air Force. I think it's more believable than actually calling up Air Force headquarters somewhere, you know? like Oh, yeah, yeah like he he's not going to get through to Langley or wherever. He, he but... looked up Air Force in the phone book, and that's what he found. I think that's yeah, a believable that, I mean, that makes sense. Beat. I just think it's silly that, like, I don't know, a kid calls up the Air Force. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, but then I the mean, guy I, takes I'm him seriously. You. Like when he gives him the number, the guy's like, "Oh shit, okay." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's believable enough. Like, but then also, it, also, so let's get back on track. At this point in the film, these crooks still don't know who they're dealing with. Yes, they they, they the, they've kind of deduced that it's a child, but they don't. They haven't met Alex yet. Yeah, but then when they're when they're back home, licking their wounds, and receive a call that they have twenty four hours to recover this chip from. Uh, the guy in Hong Kong, they kind of triangulate. Well, they think, you know, the cop's been called twice and we were in these two houses and there's one house that you can see the two houses from and the remote control car was in range of this house. So it's got to be this house. Which is a, a weird amount of like deduction for this this kind of movie. Like they're, they're doing their homework, sure, but it's... Right. 
they, they're, they're trying real hard to like you know get all their bases in order in, in order you know yeah yeah and so but it's then, decided but then, mm-hmm. but then at the same time one of them uh one of the crooks uh he he boldly declares that they should whack every kid in town and burn them all kind of kind of weird angle you're going out there but okay like like in home alone 2 there's the joke where the cops find the the the, the cassette tape that kevin recorded and it's just called bad guys saying they'll kill me <laughs> and then this one it's just like a bad guy saying we should burn some children <laughs> yeah um so there's a snowstorm coming in and the the crooks decide that they're going to, to hit this house because this has to be the one or something similar and this is their last ditch effort and alex's mom needs to be in the office for five hours that day during the snowstorm and all the while alex i guess has realized that he's next i don't know how he deduces that they're going to hit his house next but he spends all night setting up many traps and this is the other thing that gets me like oh okay. he he deduces he that, to... that he, he deduces that they're coming after him because they start like calling his house and posing oh, that's as the right. neighbors right 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 yeah that's yeah. right i had forgotten about that so okay. he figures out that they're they're on to him at least yeah, so he starts setting up these traps, and that's the other thing that gets me about this. Like, he's setting up all these traps while the rest of his family is home. That is not home alone. No, that is, I am at home and no one's no one's paying attention to me. Yeah, yeah. There's one, there's one scene where he has to, like, get around the fact that he has a trap set up in the closet where he gets, a, you know, he gets a coat for his mom, because otherwise... Otherwise, his mom would have gotten socked in the face with a boxing glove, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, okay, we can get into all of the, the zany traps and tricks, but the, the scene is set, there's a snowstorm, the crooks are coming. I'm just thinking, imagine if they didn't come. Imagine if... Uh, yeah, ima- and imagine if Alex set up, like, destroyed basically half his home and set up all these traps, and his mom gets home at five, and she's just like... What the? You moved the trampoline over top of the po- the the pool. I'm sorry. <laughs> you moved the diving board over. You uh you put you took two the bu- bottom out of the dumb waiter. What are you yeah, crazy? Yeah, you put two buckets of epoxy underneath a window and you s- sawed holes into the banister on the back porch. <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, what are you doing? And but- also, like, so the snowstorm is coming. And yeah. like the the crooks are going to use that as cover to get into Alex's house. Meanwhile, the entire rest of Alex's family is away. Dad's on business. Mom is in town doing work, and his brother and sister are at school because they don't have chickenpox. And yet, yeah. the snowstorm hasn't like canceled school or anything. Well, yeah, there's another part. I think it's supposed to be like Alex trying to protect his mom because it, he figures that the crooks would shoot them, which it's implied, I guess. It's, yeah, it's entirely possible. Sure. Um. So he like. He's like, she's like, did you check the weather report? And he's like, yeah, all clear. You're good to go. Even though there's a snowstorm coming. It's like, you're kind of in, I mean, I get it that you're endangering your mom if she were to stay home with you, but. Well, better the danger, you know, I guess. I I guess. But anyways, so that's why. They they live in Chicago. Mom knows how to drive in snow. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the thing is. It's like, oh, it's Chicago. Everybody's going to deal. But at the um, same time, the Weather Channel like call is calling for like the storm of the century, and when the snowplows come through, it's like maybe two inches of snow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They really didn't play that up very well. Um, and it, like, it's it's more a problem with the scene setting. But there are times where it's like a clear sky, but then there's snow falling. I'm just like, yeah, 
it should be very dark. But anyway, I, w- I would like to point out that um, <clears throat> during this uh, um, Alex setting the traps montage, uh, he his brother's parrot shakes him down for crackers. Oh yeah, double or nothing. <laughs> yeah, want to buy a little silence? Double or nothing. <laughs> Yeah, he has to give him two crackers, which which will come into play at the at the very the finale. Mm-hmm. If, um, if, you give, if you give a if you give a parrot two crackers in the in the second act, he's gonna ask for two more in the third. Is that how it goes? Something is that how like that. is that how Chekhov's cracker goes? <laughs> I don't know. Uh so we won't get into to any of we won't. Uh, Honestly, so, the traps I'm are kind so... of the, the traps are kind of the least interesting part of the movie. To be perfectly yeah. honest. It's and they're just super so dumb tiring. and cartoony, and yeah, it's at this point we're just like just 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 shoot either shoot these guys or get the police in here and just let yeah them go home. yeah. The one that I remember from when I was a kid is the switcheroo with the trampoline over the pool. Like that's the only one that I remembered after seeing this film yeah. as a ten year old. Um, and it's kind of the central like set piece of the yeah yeah of there the w- traps. There was the there was one there was one pretty good trap early on. I will I'll say this. Which one? Where it's Peter and one of the other crooks, and they're standing at the front door, and they look up and they see the 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 barbell. Oh yeah, up above where he the makes it really like, oh, obvious wow, hey, with the wire. A, yeah. Hey, wow, there's a trap here. We should be careful. So he just cuts the wire, which which uh, sets off word? another trap sets off, inside, which sets off the real trap, which is a suit a trunk full of books that gets shoved throughout the window <laughs> and onto their faces. It was pretty good as like a, a double back. It yeah, it's was, like a switch, a good switcheroo. It, it was a clever switcheroo, but um, it's it's not Home Alone unless you double down, and that's when the barbell comes down. Yeah, on because he cuts that manually later once oh, he's heard the, the crash through. Okay, so um, I'll give him credit for that one. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much the only good one. All the rest, I feel like, were retreads of Home Alone. Especially like the all the epoxy stuff he does. That's like Home Alone two over and over. Yeah, and um, so the okay, so one of the guys goes down into the basement, and he see he sees what he thinks is Alex's feet like hanging over the the edge. It's like first of all, why? Okay, you're, you're dumbass, yeah, it, and it's in heels for some it's reason. In, it's <laughs> in like goofy like disco heels. So he pulls down the legs, and it's like a, a, a stuffed bear or something. In, in it's a stuffed monkey, and there's there's another monkey. one. And I thought, how many stuffed monkeys can a family possibly own? And the a answer family is with at, three kids, at least three. Two, at least, yeah, I guess if they all got one. But uh, but he uh, pulls so, it, yeah, and it sets off a mowing. Like this should have killed this man. It turns on like it, it powers on a lawnmower, which I got, yeah, uh, which comes down the hole, lands on his face, and the worst it does is it gives him a goofy haircut. Yeah, no. And it's not even, like, a little aluminum lawnmower. Like, this thing is, like, steel. It's like a thresher. Like, yeah, it's like a 1940s this on a, lawnmower. You would use this on a farm. This And it is implied that it falls on top of him while go- moving forward. This would have killed this man. Oh, yeah. It, it, it just kind of bonks reality, him on the head and cuts yeah. his hair. Yeah, and in any it's re- ridiculous. There's another one. There's another thing that happened that should have ended a lot more poorly uh, when the same guy sits down on a, an electrified metal chair. It sets off the shotgun shells that he has in his like holster. His yeah, his, his yeah. bandolero, and they like go off. But it's just like little pops, and it's like no, that would have yeah. like blown half of his leg off. Yeah, that would have cut him in half. Yeah, yeah. So that, those were the two very deadly traps that ended up being not so deadly at all. 
But the um, lawnmower one in particular, I feel like it was a direct callback to the the trap from the first film where Marv pulls the the light switch in the basement and the the iron hits him in the face. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's but like, let, how can we make this ten times worse? More gruesome. You know? More yeah. gruesome. Yeah. Um, they've also, the crooks, as they begin their heists, which we're not going to get into many much more detail about, they, they've tied up Ms. Hess because she was like, she was out on the street when they were beginning and they were like, oh, we've got to take care of her. She oh, yeah, can't they, see any of this. They've, they've, they've been made by Ms. Hess, so they have to take care of her. Yeah. So they tie her up in her garage and leave the windows open and it's very cold outside and she's not doing so hot. Right. Um, so the one time that I laugh in this entire movie is when they've they've gone upstairs and they they've kind of regrouped and are are searching for Alex, and one of them just punches the photo with Alex. I just thought that was really funny. It's like, all right, all right, um, just a quick little fuck you, kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, oh, I should point out. Mm-hmm. I marked the time when the first crook sees Alex for the first time. Yeah. And it's an hour and 11 minutes into the film. Jeez. And that is, and this is an hour and 40 minute film, I think. Yeah. Right. And he, and at this point he has been playing cat and mouse with them for like 40 minutes. It's a very tiring. The first two acts of this are just so like in the first home alone, Kevin meets Harry in the very first scene. Yeah, I know it's, and this it's movie just, is very oh, bad. Like, I can appreciate a slow burn. Like, I don't mind that at all. Like, Hot Fuzz is, like, the slowest of slow burns, but it's probably my favorite movie ever. But this is just so... Because it's, it's, it's trying to circumvent any plot holes, and it's trying to build tension, but it's not really working at all. It's so bad. I mean, you watch Home Alone and Home Alone 3 back-to-back, and the first Home Alone is like a perfect case study in, in how to do setup and payoff, you know? Yeah. every little thing that happens in the third act was set up in some way in the first act. And this yes. movie, it's just so scattershot and haphazard. I know. Like, oh. a perfect a perfect example of this. <clears throat> yeah. One of the things that Alex does is he takes uh, his um, his little dart, his little, like, plastic dart gun. Yeah. And spray paints it black. Yes. So you think, oh, okay, so there's going to be a switcheroo where he, one of the crooks grabs the gun and... Or uh, Alex is going to just, you know, use it, keep it in handy yeah, to just, keep it to just in intimidate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just as as like an ace in the hole where it's like, oh, you're sticking me up. Well, I have a gun as well. Yeah. And that happens. Sort but of. Then Ale- but then Alex produces a third gun that we've never yeah. seen before. Yeah. And oh. Oh, it's just... Oh. And it's not to mention... It's so unbelievable the way that it happens because um, Alex's mom ends up calling the house while the crooks are in the basement and the main crook sets his real gun down and uh, just so happens to be right next to where the fake gun is. fake gun, yeah, yeah. That, That was left there. And unless, you know, Alex is some sort of omniscient foreseeing god child like there's no way that would have happened like for one a professional criminal knows where his gun is yeah yeah. knows where his gun is too it's a plastic toy gun it's so light yeah for real unless he like filled it with nickels or something yeah 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 like it's that's probably the most unbelievable plot beat in the entire movie but it, it, it ends up being kind of crucial to the plot because otherwise alex is boned without it Right. But then at the same time, Alex finds that real gun and he puts it in the trash. He throws it away. Yeah. Yeah. So where the hell did the third gun come from? Yeah. It's a bubble. It's the bubble gun. It's it's, it's dumb. 
It is very dumb. Um, so, through many tricks and japes, Alex ends up putting three of the four criminals out of commission. And that just leaves boss bad guy. Peter, and Alex... Yeah. Yeah, Peter. So, Alex Alex goes across the street to help out Mrs. Ms. Hess. Uh, uh, so, he's untying her, and Peter comes out of the shadows, realizing that Alex will try to help Ms. Hess. And he, he holds him up with what he... Uh, apparently doesn't know even though he's like a 40 year old man is a fake gun is yeah as a plastic and then, toy and alex pulls another toy but he says it's the real gun why not just use the real gun why not just keep the real gun yeah <laughs> i mean be- i i be- get because I, I know it's a children's to... film and you're trying yes. to it, you know yeah i know and when i know a child sees I... a gun they should you know get away from it yeah yeah i i think that's a fair point but yeah, okay, I can't argue with that too much. Like, I'm all about gun safety and reasonable, etc. And maybe not even have the guns. But anyways, um, he ends up pulling the fake gun and saying it's a real gun. And and Alex just laughs in his face. Yeah, and the, the crook runs away. and uh, <laughs> And so ends sort of the thing. And the CIA ends up showing up and detaining three out of the four. And then... The main CIA head of this case says, oh, this guy, I've been tracking him for seven years, and he always gets away. And then we cut over to an igloo that was built in Alex's backyard, uh, which he's loaded with firecrackers. Uh, And the parrot drives the RC car into the igloo and asks for a cracker. And Peter has crackers, but he only has one cracker. And then the parrot says, double (laughs) or nothing. Yep. And then the parrot ends up lighting a match and blowing up the igloo and our, our main baddie Peter is detained. Yeah. And, uh, so I I wrote this down. I wrote like the guy saying, Oh, Peter got away. And then I said, no, he was just hiding in Alex's final trap, like a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So we have all these, these responders, they plow the street. Um, and for some reason the fire department is there. Yeah, I mean... Uh, why not? There's nothing better to do, I guess. Um, and so the the contracting... Excuse me. The computer company ends up giving... Uh, yeah, they give Alex giving, a six-figure check figure, for, for returning the, the chip. The chip, and everybody's reunited and happy, and Ms. Hess is hanging out, and she realizes that she was being kind of cranky, and they're, they get to know each other a little better, and everybody's happy. Uh, the, and his, his, his brother and sister respect him and Kevin, Alex, excuse me, has been validated. The end. And the last thing we see before the credits oh, roll right. is that all the criminals and their mugshots, they've chicken all pox. got the chicken pox, which I wrote down at the beginning. I was like, oh shit, they're all going to get shingles or something. And, oh, they got the chicken pox, which I hear... Like- I hear it's actually a lot worse on your body, your system, if you're an, if you have them when you're an adult. Oh yeah, no, so, you're supposed to get them as early as possible. But what, what are the chances that four human adults, all of them, have never gotten the chicken pox before? Especially in this day and age, it is minuscule. It is yeah, tiny. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know, dude. It's it's. <laughs> I laughed. At, well, I I didn't I guess, laugh at that, but I thought it was. I was like, how unbelievable can you get? But I guess my my hope, my dark, disturbing hope, was that like in, their encounter with Alex would like activate 
whatever shingles virus they had, and it would just just completely debilitate them. Take them during the course of the heists. I don't think shingles works like that. I I know it doesn't work like that. I know, I know. But I know. Uh, but at the same time, like by this movie's logic, if these four people got the chickenpox and they're all going to jail, they're going to spread chickenpox to every other inmate in jail. <laughs> No, because all the other inmates are probably normal people that got the chicken pox when they were little. So yeah, did normal so American, red blooded Americans with chicken pox. You have had the chicken pox, I presume. I had the chicken pox when I was eight, yes. Oh, wow. They got you. Well, I think I remember having the chicken pox, so it couldn't have been any earlier than when I was like five or six. But did you, did you get it intentionally? Like, did your parents give it to you intentionally? No, no. Oh. I th- I think it was just like some kid at school had it and I encountered it and that's how uh, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, when we were when we were little, um we we were friends with like a big family or big for the area and the time. It was like four kids and they were like these were these were actually the kids that we went to see Home Alone 3 with. No way. Um one of them got the chicken pox and so my parents and it was like a couple other families decided, well, they were just basically it's like, well, we're going to have a chicken pox party. Now is as good a time as any. <laughs> this sounds really bad, but I th- I think their heart no. was in the right place. So no, basically no, I've, I've heard of this before. Yeah. This so so they basically we all like went over and like brought like board game. You know, it's like not that we had the energy sometimes, but like they had us all drink from like the same cup or whatever oh. so we all got chicken pox and they were like you're going to get chicken pox and it's going to suck but it's better to get it now than later so right. we're all pulling you from school for a couple of days and this is how it's going to go down and it was actually like it's it was a smart idea i don't remember being that miserable to be honest yeah like even i remember when i got mine it was a pretty mild case yeah um so i i got lucky basically yeah yeah um just remember, if you have chicken pox, the shingles virus is already inside of you. Yes. So g- look forward to that. Um, so this was a bad movie. <laughs> this is a very bad movie. Like I was, I, I wasn't expecting much out of Home Alone three to be honest, but I was consistently surprised at, at how, how bad it could be, at how how many wrong turns this thing takes. Yes. From just from the generic like. Uh, tired aping of the things that Home Alone's already done to the fact that it's like a late nineties movie. So it's a full of like weird generic, like third wave ska music. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the parrot was very bad. The parrot was bad. And this, this like the late nineties was a time where there, I feel like there were like four or five movies with talking parrots in them. It was, it was a weird of a time. thing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And just everything about this, just, uh, no, uh, weirdly enough, Roger Ebert actually likes this one better, or liked this one, rest in peace, better than the first two. Yeah, I saw that on, uh, Wikipedia. Oh, we should also, um, I just got a telegraph, interestingly enough. Oh, shit. Uh, it says it's from, from John, and he oh, really? found, yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's out in, uh, he's out in the Adirondacks. He's oh, okay. He's watching. But he found he found a cabin, so he's going to be all right. And he, uh, but the unfortunate fact of the matter is there's there's just a CRT and only one VHS, and it just so happens, weirdly enough, that it's Home Alone three. And oh he, no! He provided his comments on the movie through oh, Telegraph. No. Uh, all right. Uh, this is literally playing dangerous, which came out two years previous. Stop. <laughs> okay. 
bungling burglars works, but bungling yet somehow super dangerous international hitman just sounds fucking dumb. Stop. Okay, yeah. Valid. Wow, pre-Ghost World Scarlett Johansson. Stop. <laughs> and that, uh, oh, also, also, P.S. Hi, Neil Flynn. Stop. I don't think Neil Flynn listens, but that's, that's, that's fine. Also, P.S.S. The dude who plays Chinese mob boss was totally Shredder. Stop. Oh, shit, you're right. I, oh, my God. Well. I thought that guy looked familiar, but I, I get that now. Shit. Well, well done, John Five. I, I, I hope you make it back, uh, alive. I don't know how to send a tele. I don't know how you sent a telegraph. I don't even think those exist anymore. Maybe you've uh, fallen through a time hole, but I, I hope you find your way back to us by the next episode. I mean, uh, Game of Thrones is pretty big right now. He probably sent a raven or something. <laughs> Stay safe, John. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh. oh, Jesus. Yes. All right. Um, oh, are, yes. Uh, one last detail that I wanted to mention to, to sort of bridge the gap between John Hughes movies and Christmas and whatnot. Yes. Alex's mom totally drives Clark Griswold's car. <laughs> really? It's the same, like, Same Ford, make and model? Yeah, it's the same, like, Ford station oh. wagon kind of gray... Yeah. piece of shit that Clark oh, Griswold drives in, home, yeah. in Christmas Vacation. Yes. Also, speaking of Alex's mom, one last, like, one final ape they got in on the original Home Alones is they do, like, the running together. Yeah. When he sees yeah, his mom with, like, with the music where it's like, oh, apparently this is what Home Alone is known for. So we're just going to do that. But it didn't have, like, the... Dun, 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 you know, the... Yeah, yeah. The, it, the it Christmassy reunion music. No. We just got some generic music and generic right. looking mom and generic looking mom, generic looking kid, generic movie that ugh. this really is like the generic like asylum knockoff of Home Alone called Kid by Himself in a House. I really like if you didn't if this didn't have the Home Alone name, this would have like you know how Redbox has like the knockoff movies of popular movies. I, I was just saying, yeah, uh, this has that written all over it. Like I, if you had shown this to me. And told me that this came out like a year after Home Alone came out in order to capitalize on Home Alone, I would have completely believed you. Oh yeah, no, no questions asked. Like no doubt about, no bones about it. Um, I, get I would, I would rather yeah. watch Bone Alone again than watch this again, <laughs> because at least Bone Alone has dogs in it. Yes, yeah, or dogs more than plural. eight. Yes. Um, should we get into the crankometer? Yeah, let's do it. Let's knock this out. All right. So, um, uh, X-Axis, where we, where we, uh, discuss how Christmassy this movie was, um... Not. Oh, God, not. Like, I'm it, gonna... It doesn't take place during Christmas, which was very disappointing. Like, yeah. I almost, I almost wanted to text you. I know you had already watched it the night before, but I was... I almost wanted to text you and say, Johnny Five is missing, and this movie doesn't take place during Christmas. Should we be doing this? But we had already, we had already watched it, so... Yeah, I mean it's screw you guys. It's it's Christmas adjacent. You know what? It's, we fucking watched Wild Card and Prometheus. It does not matter what we watch. Yeah, on this podcast. that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm gonna go with like a negative four. Yeah, and I'm gonna give it, give it that give it that one point for. Just... I think the negative five is reserved. We we reserve that for when it's not Christmas at all, or when um. Like with Christmas shoes, where it uses it for a very bad sanctimonious reason, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. Or no, wait, we gave Christmas. You guys gave Christmas shoes a four because you docked at a point, but negative four because Christmas appears at the beginning. I think they play one Christmas song, maybe. Yeah, maybe. but it's, it's 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 still like clearly you know after Christmas. It, it is it is and it, what Christmas stuff there is is completely obligatory to the Home Alone name. Exactly. And, and this movie could have happened at literally any other point during the year, which it does. It, it kind of yeah. does. It kind of does. Like it, it kind of points to the fact that like a Home Alone uh, doesn't necessarily. Well, that's that's the question, isn't it? Is does Home Alone need to take place at Christmas to be a Home Alone movie? They certainly thought so, or at least they need to include Christmas in it. But I don't know. It's be- because like really, you know, Christmas is kind of it's ancillary to the story of Home Alone. Oh no. Any of the Home Alones could occur at any time of the year. Yeah. But it I just, feel... It's, it's a benefit. It helps. I do, I feel like, yeah, one definitely benefits from it with, like, the whole family being in the house before going on vacation and stuff like that. I don't and know. And two definitely benefits because, like, New York City at Christmas time is kind of a sight to behold. Yeah. So, like, that kind so of play that out, added, it, uh, added production value, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it kind of pulls the whole Die Hard thing where it's like, yeah, it takes place during Christmas, but is it necessary? No, but is it good set dressing? In this case, yes. Not right. in this movie's case, though. It's very bad. I don't like it. Negative four. It ap- think- Christmas appears, but it is in no way germane to the plot or even the set dressing after the first right. five minutes. Right. Uh, and also, like, I, it kind of... Home Alone 3 kind of pulls the Die Hard with a Vengeance thing of of doing the exact same thing over again, just not at Christmas. Right. And I think if they had, oh man, if these crooks had like been related to Harry and Marv, it would have been, it, it would have been dumb as fuck, but it would have been like such a good, like, okay, we're definitely doing the Die Hard thing now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been a good goof on, on that. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll say a negative four. Like it doesn't deserve any more than that, really. Mm. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> All right, oh. qual- quality quotient. <laughs> How good is this movie? Oh, it's it's it is not good. We've Man. definitely watched movies that are like worse, qualitatively worse. Yeah, but, but. so I'm I'm gonna be a little bit generous and and say uh, maybe a negative one or two. I I'm gonna have to go yeah negative two or even negative three, and I'm gonna argue a negative three because this doesn't have the benefit like some other movies of being so good it's bad or so bad it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's pretty much just just uh misguided and bad. Yeah, aggressively mediocre, unfunny in either an intentional or unintentional way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and also, I guess I I meant I neglected to mention this so I'll bring it up now. The yeah. kid that they got to replace Macaulay Culkin. Yes. Alex Lenz is the actor. I don't know if he's gone on to do much else. Yeah. I'll look it up right now and just uh, say no. Oh, he's probably. done a little bit, uh, but not a whole lot. Anyway, but as old as as young as he is in this movie, like they clearly just got him because he has kind of a squeaky voice and yeah. he's just he's just a kid. And you know that's that in itself is fine, but he's such an annoying little piece of shit in this movie. I just don't like him. He's not likable. <laughs> uh, Alex, the character, is not likable. Yeah, no, yeah, no. As a child like, actor, he's he's okay, but like yeah. as a character, he's just a little bit, a little bit too like too much of a little shit. Yeah, too much. Of, he plays up the cutesy little kid thing way too much. 
Yeah. Which I realize he's, you know, he's a, he's a cutesy little kid anyway, so it's, what am I right. making fun of him for? But still, like... <sighs> no, I, I get you. So are we gonna... I, I, I'm gonna... I will accept no higher than a negative two. Can I bring you down to a negative three? Um... I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say yes. I'll, I'll say we'll do that because because there I, are a couple of a couple of good gags do not of good film make. So I'll give it those two those two negative points for yeah know, decent gag well decent gaggetry yeah but, <laughs> well um, and here's that, the other thing and uh, like yeah some of the traps were okay but a lot I recall seeing this ten years old a lot of the traps are kind of complete retreads of traps from one and two. Yeah, getting your feet stuck in something, or having a, having an appliance fall on your face. Yeah, or just yeah, plain falling backwards into like the that. into the snow. Just just yeah. yeah, yeah, pots falling, things like that. Yeah, uh, you know, setting up a trap where somebody falls down through a sheet that looks like it's you know solid, but it's not. All that kind of stuff. And yeah. we didn't even get any swinging paint cans. I know, right? It's, what a what a what a rip off. Yeah, there was there was a uh, disturbing lack of swinging items in this yeah, film. Yeah, it, it, so. it was. It was uh, yeah, it, it, I guess I guess too. They're trying to hedge their bets and and do do traps and contraptions that kids can't replicate at home. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But then, where's the fun in that? You know? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the real problem with Home Alone Three. Is that Home Alone Three was made kind of in the late '90s when when the whole like you know we have to protect kids thing got real out of hand. You know? Yeah. And, you know, do make start making making media safe for kids and you know keeping kids away from dangerous things like you know swinging paint cans from banisters and, and lawn darts and exactly yeah stretch armstrongs etc home alone 3 is like the helicopter parent of of christmas movies and i hate yes, it yes yes so negative 4 negative 3 on the crankometer that'll do it thank god <laughs> thank we god we're this, done with this we can put this movie behind us shit. and never speak of it again oh man you know what i'm going to celebrate yeah, and I'm going to celebrate the only way I know how. <laughs> I'm going to have me some uh, candy corn M and M's. Oh man! Ah. Um. Shot in a chaser. Yep. Here we go. That's so gross. Mm. Have have they have they gotten any better? Are they going to wash the awful taste of Home Alone three out of your mouth? No, I still hate myself. Okay, this is only going to add to the self loathing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh Jesus H. Anyway, <laughs> any final any final comments on Home Alone three? Uh, no. Yeah, I'll say it, if you it, want to watch Home Alone three, I found it on Amazon Prime. You, if you have Amazon Prime, you can sign up for the Stars free trial and watch it there for free for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna do that and cancel my free trial in a couple days here. Um. Otherwise, it's. I actually had a hard time. I wanted to find a physical copy of it, but the thrift store here in town had it for nine bucks. Why? I don't know. I have I no idea. Maybe it's hard to come by or something. I don't. Maybe know. like they had. It's wild. They have a. They have an entire Christmas section now of DVDs, which is great for me. And like, you know, they had ten at ten copies of Arthur Christmas for like four bucks a piece, which, you know, where was that last week? But um, 
yeah, like they had the one copy of Home Alone three, and it was nine dollars. <laughs> like they, they, I guess they, they, they price their DVDs to be competitive with like Amazon and stuff. Yeah, um, which is a little strange to me, but I can whatever. believe that Home Alone three got a smaller print run than Arthur Christmas, though. Maybe, but yeah, especially considering Arthur Christmas is, you know, from the DVD era and also like probably animated. decently yeah. animated and probably decently popular still. So yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you want to watch Home Alone 3, good luck, basically. And if you want to, you can follow us on Twitter. Oh, yes. You can follow uh, us on Twitter at Christmas Creeps. Uh, go to Facebook.com slash Christmas Creeps and, and follow us there. We're, we try. I try to keep up, you know, posting things on one and then the other, but sometimes things fall through the cracks. So it's, mm-hmm. it's best to just do them both just so you get the full experience. It's best just to uh, follow us wherever you can and give us all the numbers that you can. and All the numbers and likes and love and, and subscriptions and everything. Tell your friends about us. Uh, email us if you want to send us a recommendation. I know we've been kind of lax in doing the things that people have been recommending to us, but we're trying to get better about that. Um, email us at xmascreeps at gmail.com we will definitely answer or at the very least read them I do read every email we get by the Mm -hmm. way and he relays them to us yes and finally uh, please go to iTunes uh, like and subscribe like we say and leave a star rating and a review to let people know that this is a show worth listening to if you think this is a show worth listening to if you enjoy it you know boost the signal yes every little bit helps um, and Definitely provide constructive criticism. We are we are open to that. You can send it to our email. Yes. Uh, we are here and we're listening. We we want to improve. So, Yes, we want to do better. And when we're in this for the long haul, and hey, Christmas is coming up. So, you know, what better time than now? Yes. Uh, until next time, is that going to do it? I think that's going to do it. We will see you in September after Labor Day. And who knows what will happen next time on Christmas Creeps. Uh, but until next time, uh, mm-hmm. I am jo- I am Joseph Wade. And I'm Bradford. We'll have Johnny Five back on the show as soon as he gets back from, uh, from the wilderness. Yes. And until next uh, time, uh, have a good evening, kids. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.